Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's Karen Smallman on this Tuesday on 101 ESPN. Michelle Smallman and the voice of the blues here on 101 ESPN. Chris Kerber. And let's talk a little bit more hockey and head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line where we are going to be joined by former NHL referee and contributor at dailyfaceoff.com. Tim Peel is with us. Good morning, Tim. Thank you for taking the time to join us. How are you? Oh, good, mo- good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Kerbs. Always good to always good to talk to you guys. But Michelle, before we get going, I've got to I got to say one thing. I'm a huge fan of yours and your back has to be sore at the end of every broadcast cuz you carry Carragher. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't if it wasn't for you, he would be nothing. Okay, tell him I said that. Uh, thank and you, Tim. You also tell him. You also tell him I want to run at him on that 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 uh, uh, the fight thing he does. Yeah, the fight exactly. You he nuts. Thinks, he oh. thinks, yeah, he, no, he thinks he's smarter than everybody else, and I want to take a run at him sometime. He, he is. Hey. I'm just telling well, you, is. I interned he for the guy. He's, he's crazy. When we were actually trying to take our math grade seriously in school, you know, he had the book out and behind it was like a sports almanac. I know. The guy's incredible. He it's, really is. It's, it's crazy. And then these two keep throwing me in the fight That's when I come right. in here. Cool. I, I lose sleep over that thing. Hey, you must like uh, this media thing is, is, is tough, right? I mean, you got to get up in the morning for interviews and things. <laughs> yeah, no, it occurs. I'm really looking forward to it. I, uh, in fact, like two or three years before I retired, Tisha said to me, she goes, you need to get into media when you, when you, uh, when you retire. She goes, you know, I think you'd be good at it. And we'll, 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 we'll wait and see whether I am or not. But it's something that I've always enjoyed. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to new, a new challenge. And I'm, I'm excited about it all. You're going to be great, Tim. And thank you for the kind words. Your check is in the mail. And I'm going to hold you to the fight. You need to, we need to have a Tim versus Randy fight one of these days. Um, but I, okay. I did want to ask ask you, Tim, about cross-checking. So there's a crackdown that's coming in the NHL, and there, there hasn't been any actual changes to the rule book for this upcoming season, but there's been some tweaks. So can you explain to hockey fans out there what to expect as far as cross-checking is concerned in the NHL this season? Sure. So it, it happens every – everyone says, well, you've got the rule book, just call the rule book, and, and it, you know, it, it, it's there for a reason. And what happens, though – and it's happened over the evolution of hockey for the past 75 years, is we have the rule book, but there are going to be times, whether it's two years or three years or whatever, where a rule just deteriorates and and not on purpose, but it slowly erodes to, to the point where the GMs, the coaches, the PA, a couple of our referees get together in the summer and say, okay, where are some areas that we think we can improve officiating in the NHL? And I think everybody realizes, you know, the one that stuck, got stuck out a lot this year was the was the uh, Islander player. Was it Mayfield Curbs? Yeah, it was Scotty Mayfield. Mayfield. Yep. Scotty Mayfield, good good Kirkwood Rocket guy, right? Yep. And and Scotty cross checked Kucherov. Now. In defense of the official, I've been on the ice, and, and that official happened to be, you know, 10 feet from the play. Sometimes it doesn't look that bad when you're on the ice. It just doesn't. Sometimes it just does not look as, as bad as it is. 
then you show the replay, then you show the replay again, then you show it again, and everyone goes, oh, my goodness, how did he miss that call? But at the time, when you're in the heat of the action and bodies are flying and pucks are flying and sticks are flying, and, and sometimes it's, it's crazy as a referee, but sometimes you're too close to the play. Sometimes you're too close, and I know that may, might not make sense to a lot of people, but quite often when I was refereeing, if I was in the neutral zone and I saw something happen down in the end zone, I could take a split second, digest it, throw my arm up, not late, but you know, later than you would if you were, if you were right in the heat of the action. And so as far as the cross-checking, they're not really changing. They're not changing the rule. They're just making our guys are asking our guys to be a little bit more diligent when it comes to calling cross checks this year. And you see it on the, on the boards where a guy's given a, uh, another player, you know, one, two, three, you know, three little cross checks. Well, sometimes three little cross checks add, adds up to two minutes. You know, maybe the first one wasn't a penalty. Maybe the second one wasn't a penalty. But now we got three in a row, little cross checks. You know what? They add up to two minutes. So I think our, at the end of the day, what the league wants and what our referees want is to protect the players and pro- provide a safe environment for them to play in. And that was always my job is make it fair, make it fair for both teams, but also make it a safe playing environment for the players. So I think that that's all the league is trying to do is, you know what, there's, there's always areas that we can improve in. I remember a few years ago, we had a crackdown on slashing curbs and, and you probably remember that. And I don't know when it started to kind of erode. It might have been a season or two. I, I, I don't know the time frame. But we got together again in the summer and said, you know what, we need to crack down on slashing a little bit. You know, guys are getting fingers broken, things like that. So there's always times throughout, you know, the evolution of hockey or over the last 75 years where the league's going to sit down and go, where can we improve uh, different areas? Yeah, but Tim, let me... But but here's 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 my worry. I watched the video that the league put out on this, and and I looked at every example. They go, I go, well, that's a cross check, and and, and every one you legitimately go, yeah, that that should be a penalty, um, because they took the obvious ones. My worry, and much like the the slashing, the slashing calls got so ticky tack that if you tap a guy's stick with a downward motion, some guys were calling slash. And it wasn't always on the hands and things. You're like, ah. Like, you know, and, right. and some fans are worrying, hey, are we taking too much of the battle out? Now look, the, like I've always wondered why more calls haven't happened with the cross check when you're when they're constantly pounding on the back of a guy's legs you know, or a back of a guy's, you know, you know, just above the butt kind of thing. So I get right. that, but that's where you, we gotta be a little careful, isn't it? Like like let's not because and let's face it, there's some young young officials in a league that haven't that haven't grown to the experience level of being able to choose a difference where it gets a little too ticky tack and, and, and impacts the game. There there will be a learning curve. There will be a feeling out process and that's that's the good thing about having exhibition games uh, where our guys can get comfortable with the standard that the NHL wants us wants them to call. And there'll be a, uh, I remember exactly like you said, when we brought in the new rules after the lockout uh, in 0405. And man, there were a lot of penalties because it was a learning curve for us, but it was also a learning curve for the players, for them to understand what they could and could not get away with. And I said this on, on Daily Faceoff yesterday. I, I said, our players are the reason that these rules 
every time we institute something, why they work, because they are the smartest athletes. They know there will be a learning curve for them, but after a while, they will understand this is what I can do and this is what I can't do. Are you going to get a a couple cross-checking penalties curves that you look at and go, man, that's not much? Probably. It's, It's, you know, the referees are human. They may see it, you know, they're at an angle, uh, and, and it looks worse than it is. There's no doubt that that's going to happen. But it's also very easy for uh, the media, for fans, to watch a play on TV and go, man, that wasn't much. Well, they're watching it in slow-mo. They're watching it from way up and above. And that's not realistic. That's not how our officials officiate. They fish, officiate in real time. On, at ice level, trying to look through bodies, trying to get in the best possible sight lines as they can. And do mistakes get made? Absolutely. But it'll be a learning curve. But I know our officials are the best officials in the world, and they'll, they'll nail it. Tim, with all that being said, you're right. We're sitting at home. We have a completely different vantage point. We have several angles. We have slow-mo. We have replay that you guys don't have down on the ice. So in the moment when you're down on the ice, what's the hardest call to make? Wait, I know the answer to this one, Tim. Okay. A good one. It should be good. A, a good, good one. one. <laughs> <laughs> I, couldn't, um, I couldn't help myself. I had to welcome you to the media the right way there, buddy. Michelle gave you a softball. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, I don't – that's a great – I've never been asked that question, Michelle. I don't, I don't think there is one particular penalty that's, that's the toughest. You know, you could say, well, a penalty shot, but no penalty shots – or something that normally everybody in the building can see because it's a guy on a breakaway. Um, hooking the hands, uh, you know, trips pretty. I don't think there's any. Well, actually, that's actually now that you. Uh, hit, a legal hit to the head would be the toughest call. Mm-hmm. A legal hit to the head. I don't know why I didn't think of that sooner. Because in real time, and Chris will tell you, and, and, and anybody that's involved in, in hockey and watches a lot of hockey, when you watch the hit in real time, you can't tell whether he made 100. You cannot t- tell. Your human eye cannot tell that he 100% made, the, made direct contact with his hit. Then you watch the replay, and you're like, ooh, like he actually got him a little bit in the chest, but the principal point of contact was his head. And that's why our officials are able to review that play now because we've had a couple over the last couple of years where maybe it was called and it wasn't uh, a major penalty and, and other you know teams scored on the power play or they were missed and it, it took away an opportunity for that team to have a five-minute penalty. So they instituted that last year uh, where we can review all five-minute major penalties. Yeah, and you know what we Which saw in Game thing. Four, in Game Four between the Blues and Colorado last year, I thought Wes McCauley had one of the best situational officiating moments I had seen in a while. There was a high stick, and I know this isn't quite the illegal check to the head, but this is the review part. If he just calls a high stick, you can't review it. Which I, you know, but if he, he if, but if he, if they call a double minor for a high stick. Correct. You can review it, and then if you realize it wasn't a high stick, you can actually eliminate it. So, you can take it away. So Correct. he actually, knowing where the game was, the time of the game, the importance of the game and the situation, he calls a double minor for high sticking, uh-huh. right, which uh-huh. allowed him to at least review it to see if it was clearly a high stick. And then it was. The Blues did go to the penalty box. But it gave him the opportunity to actually rescind 
the penalty altogether. And, well, and I thought it was an absolutely brilliant play by Wes McCauley to use yeah. review that way. And, and that's why refs, Wes is the ref, best ref in the league. He's worked the last you know, nine, ten Stanley Cup finals because he was smart enough to realize, hey, I've got tools in my toolbox here. I've got to utilize them. And this is an opportunity where I can, exactly like you said, make this call and get the opportunity yep. to review it. Yep. That's Tim Peel, former NHL referee. He's a contributor at DailyFaceOff.com. Be sure to read his great work. And you can follow him on Twitter at TimCPeel20. Tim, great information. Thanks for taking the time to join us. And I'm going to hold you to you you and Randy fighting. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't wait. You guys have a great day, and thanks for having me on. Good to see you. Good to talk to you, Curbs. Good talking to you, too, Timmy. And congratulations on the uh, Daily Faceoff stuff. We'll look forward to following you. you, bud. Thank you. Take care. All right, that's Tim Peel. Again, great information there about a lot of the rules yeah, good. in the NHL. And a lot of stuff that I think fans are curious about or don't know a lot of nuance about. So that was great information from Tim. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The College Football Playoff Committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the College Football Playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.